Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, Wolf, our first guest is a good guy to talk to today because without even talking to him yet, I know he's not panicking. And I'm not, I'm not at panic level with the Suns by any means, but I've got some questions. And so let's bring in uh, John Bloom on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Bloomer, how you doing on this Monday morning? I am uh, not panicking. So you were, uh, you were correct to assume that, Luke. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great, Johnny. Just so you know, I'm not panicking as well. Just want you to know that. Usually, right. have three it's people very... saying they're not panicking that implies that panic is near. <laughs> <laughs> we're all terrified. All right, Bloomer. Let's, um, let's start with New Orleans in particular because I, I think there's two different ways to look at the Suns. Uh, you know, there's people that are worried they're not a good team. That I don't. I think that's crazy. This is four games out of 82, and they're beat up. But if you're looking at them and you're saying, I don't know that they could beat New Orleans or Boston in a seven-game series, uh, the last week at least raised some questions, maybe not so much about the Suns, but just with how good New Orleans and Boston look. So where do you come out after this weekend against the two games against the Pelicans? That's a, that's a really good question because, yeah, if you, if you zoom out, uh, I think what we learned was um, we got an up-close and, and personal look at the best team on the planet right now, in my opinion. That's the Boston Celtics. Then that was at home, uh, and what they did was uh, pretty impressive because it wasn't as if they just ran away you know, from the Suns from the start. They kind of felt out the Suns in that first quarter, figured out what their approach was going to be, and then it was just over. And the Suns had no answer. And then they came uh, you know, to New Orleans for this weekend series, or now I'm in Houston, but they went to New Orleans for the weekend series, a little two-gamer there. And uh, the first game looked like it, it might have gotten out of hand, uh, but the Suns kept fighting, and then uh, you know New Orleans just had too much down the stretch, and Booker didn't have it. Uh, I think we all saw that. We didn't know why, but we all saw it just wasn't Devin Booker out there. And so uh, that was a factor. But you know you have to consider that New Orleans isn't playing with two of their starters. They didn't have Brandon Ingram or Herb Jones. Those are both very good players and impactful mm-hmm. players. And so you can always kind of look at that. So I'm taking uh, the approach of what we're seeing right now is the Suns are taking real strong shots from everybody that they're facing. And sometimes they can handle those shots because of the depth that they have and the culture and the system and everything you want to talk about, just the winning ways over the last few years. But once you start taking those shots over and over again, and then you see teams that are just so hungry in the regular season, and we've talked about this, you guys, and I've talked about this on the show before, about the different approach to this regular season for this specific group. You can feel it uh, when you're around them that it's just different than when we were around them last year is that a bad thing i have no idea talk to me after june right i mean that's what we're all kind of waiting to find out are they going to be able to put together the run that we're all hoping they can put together i don't look at this last week and say this is damaging the outlook of that run i don't think it is i think it's a blip i think it's definitely slippage as they like to use in today's vernacular in, in the nba uh, and and how do they fix it well maybe being in houston is a good remedy for that not just because you're playing the bottom feeder in the western conference but a team that just came to your crib and beat you so you better be motivated to take it out on them tomorrow night you know it's so weird too johnny because i watch them play and over the first 23 games they gave up 107.9 points over Uh, the course of those 23 games, on average, of course. The last four games, man, 130, 125, 128, and 117, not counting the overtime period. Um, What's happened to their culture? 
What it, what has happened to their defense? What has happened to the Phoenix Suns? It's a, a, again, a little bit perplexing based on the fact that we haven't seen it uh, in so long. The last time they've lost four straight was right before the world stopped in March of 2020. Uh, so that's been, you know, nearly three years. It's a, it's a weird feeling to, to watch this group be so out of whack defensively, to not get back in transition, to give up so many uncontested layups. And I get it when it's Zion Williamson. I mean, who wants to get in front of that freight train? Are you kidding me with that, dude? I I just – there's just not human beings built like that. And he is. And so, you know, he has a distinct advantage. Um, I think they're letting the whistles get to him a little bit too. And so maybe it's not just getting to him emotionally and mentally that we see when they wear it on their faces or they're yelling at officials or the other teams or whatever. They show in frustration, slamming a ball against a basket. Uh We've seen all of that, and it's getting to them. It's also getting to us watching it. I'm sure it's getting to you. Uh, everybody's watching this and seeing a foul on one end, and then on the other end, it's not a foul. And it just doesn't make sense right now for a lot of reasons. But at the same time, I'm not blaming this lack of defensive effort on the officials. I think they're just maybe letting it get to them too much, and they've got to readjust their approach mentally in addition to the culture and everything else that they've got to reintegrate and hopefully just getting one game going where everybody, and they have been sharing the rock. They have been having some moments of, of, of beauty offensively, but they really need to, to lock it down on the other side to, to have success. That's always been the, this team's calling card. Talking to Suns broadcaster John Bloom. Uh, Bloomer, this almost sounds ridiculous to say, but if, if they had just lost these last four games to bad teams, I don't even think it would register for me. I would just, I would look, I, basically what you were just saying, of like, hey, it's a long season, you know, it's four games, but because they lost who they lost to, and these are specifically New Orleans and Boston are teams they're going to have to go through if they want to win a title. I don't know. It, 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 to me, was a reminder they still need to add something this season. I know they're going to, but if, if you could just, if you were the GM and you could add anything, you know, within, within the world of reality, you can't add Giannis, but what do you think this team needs? <laughs> Why not? Maybe just for the rest of the season and the playoffs, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. I think they need, um, you know, you rarely find a guy that I think everybody is, is wanting right now, an enforcer, right? Someone who they could just have out there who's nobody's going to mess with, right? Who just is going to put some people on their backside when you need them to do. But that just really isn't out there right now. That's not a thing in the NBA. I know we'd love to have it. It just, you know, based on feeling like we've been pushed around the last couple weeks, you know? And so that's, that's the thing I'm looking at is, is there somebody on this team already that can play that role a little bit for the squad? And, and we'll see. But, uh, you know, I think that I trust James Jones. He has a, a bargaining chip. He has a piece that's just sitting there uh, who's, you know, Jay Crowder. We all know that that's uh, something that's it's going to happen. It seems inevitable. Um, and it's just a matter of time. Now, is a losing streak going to motivate him to pull the trigger faster? Um, I doubt it. I think he's already been so patient. And I think he has faith and trust in Monty Williams and the staff and in this team that they're going to compete. Now, they've fallen. They're down in what? Fourth now in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to fall too far. You don't want to dig too deep of a hole to where even if you make a great trade, you're climbing back up and now you have to fight for home court advantage in the playoffs. I don't think James wants to see this team slip like that. But they aren't slipping like that. And you look ahead and you say, okay, they've got this game in Houston and they got to go play a Clippers team that you never know who they're going to play and how they're going to play. Uh, and then they have a home game against a team that they sure as heck better be motivated against. The New Orleans Pelicans, after jumping all over them here, uh, you know, uh, at, on their 
their home court in those two games like we talked about. So I think this is a stretch where the Suns have an opportunity to right the ship, and, and I have faith and trust that they will. And then in the meantime, we hit that December 15th date that everybody has kind of circled on the calendar, right, as far as maybe that will be what allows James to pull a trigger. Johnny, you know, I say, where's the Suns' culture? And we've already talked a little bit about that. Where's the Suns' defense? Where's their toughness and their physicality? It's interesting. Listening to you mention Jay Crowder once again, I think Jay Crowder excelled in all of those things that we're talking about right now. How much of it? How, how do they miss Jay Crowder that much? I think so. I think, uh, you know, that element uh, that he he brought to this team has not necessarily been replaced. Uh, Torrey Craig has a whole different skill set than Jay Crowder. And if you look at stats, Torrey's actually probably better across the board than Jay Crowder, at least what he's doing this season relative to Jay's last season. But you can look, you know, career wide and it's pretty close. But there's more than just stats. As you know, Wolf, there's so much more than just stats and so much more than just, you know, what you see a guy doing on the floor in a game. So, you know, maybe it's not just in the game, it's during practice getting the guys around him tougher. It, maybe it's all those things. But uh, hopefully they can accomplish it one way or another, whether it's through the trade or whether it's through the guys they've got in the room right now. And like I said, I still have faith in this group. I still think they are going to be there when it comes down to it, and they're going to try to position themselves to have the best possible run when it matters most. And it's hard to get through these stretches in a season when you have such high expectations. And our expectations are rightfully high in Phoenix, in the Valley, and everybody who follows this basketball team, you should have high expectations for them. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind you should. And they have high expectations for themselves, and that's why I believe that they're going to get there when it, when it all comes down to it. Talking to John Bloom, uh, Bloomer, early returns on, on Chris Paul coming back right in the middle of a tough week, but especially on Friday, he, uh, he started to look a little more like the Chris Paul we're used to seeing. He did. I mean, that was a, a beautiful jumper he hit to send the game to overtime last night. I mean, that was needed. Uh, he didn't have the great sh- uh, shooting night against the um, Pelicans yesterday. I think he was three for ten, but, you know, that was a big one. Uh, and before that, on Friday, if it wasn't for his effort, it would have been a blowout loss all the way uh, because Chris Paul really carried him. He, he stuffed the stat sheet. He had 24 points. He went on another shooting run where he wasn't missing, kind of uh, reminiscent of game six. And and uh, that was good to see. That was definitely good to see. I think he's got a lot left. I think he'd love to have his running mate, Devin Booker, at full speed. It's unfortunate that we can't get the backcourt together. Uh, now Book dealing with the hamstring tightness, so we'll see when he's able to return. But uh, like I said, when they do have everybody, and obviously we're still waiting for Cam Johnson to make his return, I think that's going to help too. You sometimes forget you know, just how big of a role he plays with this group and how much of a core element he is. So when all those things happen, I think uh, – you know, that will help as well. But uh, hopefully getting healthy in Houston will be the start tomorrow night. You know, it's interesting on that note right there. CP3, of course, um, when he was out, Book actually handled a lot of the load. Point Book. Do you think that had anything to do with his hammy? 
I do. I think it was just, you know, we were watching him be a 40 minutes, 41 minutes every night. Yep. He was just, you know, not only handling the ball, but taking all the shots and making a ton of the shots and had that amazing stretch that only Wilt Chamberlain has equaled in three games. I mean, that, that was unbelievable. We'll remember that, but unfortunately it may have taken a toll. He's a human being. I mean, he's definitely not uh, in a serious situation here. I did get a chance to see him before the game yesterday. He seemed fine. And by the way, what an amazing, you talk about culture wolf yeah I, I do have to mention this group and what they did on saturday taking a 90 minute bus ride to moss point mississippi to watch book get honored at his high school you know they retired his jersey but it, it, you don't oh, cool. often see an entire team at one of those things yeah. and when i heard the stories of the reaction of the people at moss point high school because they didn't know they had no idea like who was showing up how it was going to go down what they were even doing they just knew they were honoring devin booker one of the greatest that's ever played in that gym so he shows up with his entire squad and people are like is that deandre Ayton? is that Mikael bridge and they're going crazy and there were a whole bunch of like uh classic cars that booker's friends had laid out in front of the school his dad's car right in front of it and it was just like the great touches and everybody had themselves an amazing time that went so I, I just wanted to share that because that That's does so cool. tell a story behind the scenes about this culture is still very very strong and that was a very meaningful event that they all took part in thank great you, stuff bloomer thank you man we'll talk to you again soon all right fellas enjoy the monday night football action tonight let's do it